Hey there, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of the What's What? Well, it's hard to believe we are almost through August. Where has that summer gone? I would like to keep it on a happy note by celebrating secondhand clothes. Oh, I love a good celebration. I already purchased balloons. They're currently on the hangers of my favorite thrift finds. <laughs> of course you did. I mean, you are seriously the reduce, reuse, recycle, overachiever. No question. Yes. <laughs> Okay, everyone. Well, today is actually National Secondhand Wardrobe Day. Sustainability in fashion, as we've mentioned, has been all day, every day lately, and there is no sign of slowing down. And bonus, it's great for the planet. So this would be fun. Let's go around and everyone share their favorite thrift finds. Um, so I'll start. Mine actually isn't clothing, but I fully support um, reusing and repurposing jewelry. And I found a fantastic signet ring at a little estate jewelry store in Portsmouth, New Hampshire Ooh, I that I that. love, love, love. Yeah. First of all, I love that you went to Portsmouth, New Hampshire. That's my dad's from. Anyway, I know. fun fact. But I need, you just made me feel much better about mine, which is <laughs> I really love our mismatched Hermes dinner plates. And yes, I am hearing myself say that. You guys are making me kind of feel like a little bit of a schlump with my fry <laughs> boots, but I am obsessed with them. I look forward to the fall time period so I can break them out every year. Oh, Celeste, don't worry. I can take it down a notch. <laughs> Mine are some very old school sketchers because it's the S. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Okay, first of all, I love all of those. All of those. Um, and listen, hey, if you're looking for any other signs to hit up your favorite thrift stores, this is it. So go hop on Posh and buy that gently used shirt you've been eyeing or get a thread up goodie box. Okay, bye. You don't have to tell me twice. I'm <laughs> you know, I don't even, I don't even know if I could actually repeat that if I tried. But before we go any further, to break down the weekly trends in retail and consumer goods, I'm your host, Matt Marcotte, joined again by our What's What crew, Celeste Richardson. Hello. Sarah Hillstrom. Hey there. And today's special guest host, Kimberly Barrick. Hi, everybody. Hey, Kimberly. We are psyched to have you join us today. Okay, so... Who's starting us off? I will start us off since we're already on the topic of sustainability. I think it's it's good to uh, talk about how retail and consumer goods industry can help save the planet. Uh, no pressure or anything. They just, you know, need to save the world. That's it. Nothing, nothing big. <laughs> no, no big deal. So it all comes down to a little less talk and a little more action. So some major CG companies are taking a cue from Elvis and taking concrete <laughs> steps to reduce the amount of plastic waste that get introduced to into the environment. So you probably heard some us talk about some of these companies like P&G, Kraft Heinz, and Conagra brands are all stepping up to reduce the amount of plastic waste that enters our ecosystem on an annual basis. Given all the things I hear about our oceans dying, Celeste, do we even want to know what these stats are? No, you really don't. But I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. So buckle your seatbelts. Uh, according to the EPA, over 82 million tons of plastic are generated every year, and only about half of that figure is recycled. Consumer goods companies have the responsibility to do their part to minimize that amount. Oh my gosh, I am seriously alarmed by that number. So are there any examples of brands cutting out plastic that you can share? Yes, uh, actually 
all the way back in 2017, it feels like a lifetime ago, marked Conagra's first entry into sustainable packaging with the introduction of Healthy Choice Power Bowls, and that prevented 3.2 million pounds of plastic from entering wow. the ecosystem annually. And it's at an accretive margin, so there's a plus for that. Uh, so brands are realizing that they can do well for the environment and their profits, paving the way for a lot more innovation. Celeste, do you want to hear a really fun fact about the Healthy Choice Power Bowls? I really do. Can we all hear the fun facts? Yes. <laughs> Our very own Justin Lintz was actually the brand manager behind the entire initiative. So oh, wow. Wow, that's amazing. Way to go, Justin. I know, right? Um, and can we all just agree that we need to get away from plastic bags too? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. please. Yeah. <laughs> So we do have a couple of retailers, uh, Walmart and Kroger, just to name a couple of the big ones, considering moving away from plastic bags in the near future. I would say it is time to bag the bag. I see what you did there. <laughs> so the RCG industry is really stepping up. And while we have a long way to go still, it's good to see brands making some inroads. Totally. Hashtag doing well while doing good. Speaking of doing good, I have some good news. And I have some bad news. Okay. You can just hit us with all of it or just the good news, whichever you want. <laughs> okay. Well, basically, consumer spending is arriving to the party with an uninvited guest. Inflation. Oh, the worst kind of party crasher. But I do sense our next trend is coming. You're right, Matt. So let's cut straight to the facts. Consumer spending accounts for 70% of the country's GDP or gross domestic product. And in Q2 of this year, consumer spending in America rose at an annualized rate of 11.8%, mm. which is huge and mm -hmm. the second highest increase since 1952. Whoa. Whoa. Let's say it together. Spend <laughs> <laughs> that money. So, of course, part of it is due to vaccinations, government support, and then the reopening of the economy. And even with supply issues, some retailers are benefiting from higher price points based on some pretty strong demand. However, the question is, will it last? And not according to the hits to their stock, if oh. the stock market's right. <laughs> and I say again, wah, wah. I know, I know. So seven companies caught the market's attention recently when they released earnings reports this week on how consumer spending is driving the economy forward and some admitted inflation is in play. Okay, so who is winning the spending race, Sarah? Well, Matt, it is some of the categories that we keep talking about, like home furnishings, renovation, but then there's also personal care products and sports equipment since everybody's building gyms in their own house now. <laughs> so they continue to win the consumer spending race. Even Krispy Kreme, though, gave a better than expected revenue forecast based on some projected strength from ordering online and new menu items. Oh, my gosh, you guys. I love donuts. And uh, the thought that even donuts have gone digital, like, thank goodness for that. Oh, my God. <laughs> totally. And can we just talk about the fact that you contrasted building home gyms with Krispy Kreme donuts? <laughs> Well, that you need the balance. gym because That's, you eat the donuts. Exactly. It's a balanced, a balanced meal or a balanced lifestyle, I'm not sure which, but either way, it sounds amazing. <laughs> I mean, can you have one without the other? I don't no. think so. Why would you? <laughs> Here's the problem, though. In the CG world, inflation worries overshadow Unilever's strong first half and are negatively hitting shares, just like the retailers. 
their chief financial exec actually said, quote, it is the eternal triangle of competitiveness of our growth, landing the pricing and managing the cost on inflation, unquote. Oh, God. And as Abba would say, money, <laughs> money, money. And I'm not going to try and sing it. <laughs> Must be funny. <laughs> it is funny. Thank you, Celeste. And it's finicky. And that leads into our next trend, which is global retail media spending is growing faster than the egos of Richard Branson, Elon Musk, and our friend Jeff Bezos. Apparently, that's <laughs> Oh, wow. So in the next 12 months, many marketers are planning to decrease spending in cinema, print, and out of home, while the majority will increase budgets in social and search, according to Nielsen. Why? Well, as the world becomes more connected and the lines between offline and online blur even more. That someone calls her mix a lot. Oh my God, Kimberly, look at that. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> because modern day marketing is a mix of all the channels tied to key performance metrics. Oh, right. Naturally. I, I'm sorry. I'm not sure if I could go on right now, but anyway, <laughs> um, I will I will try. Well, listen, while competition for retail consumers has been increasing in large part to the surge in digital shoppers over the past year, performance marketing has become more commonplace as brands and retailers scramble to find ways to track return on ad spend, otherwise known as ROAS, in an effort to reach scale and profitability. Hmm. So how are they doing with that? I'm glad you asked that question. And the answer is, it's a challenge. Hmm. Almost 50% of marketers globally are still not confident in measuring ROI because they're either looking at metrics like awareness and reach, or the conversion takes place off the advertising channel, making accurate attribution an oxymoron. What a pain. Uh-huh, totally. But there is some light in the darkness. With on-site marketing tools, a brand can finally place their products one step before the checkout point to a target customer profile. And based on the feedback, the brands can determine which keywords are most effective in driving sales, at what price point, during which days in a month. Boom. That sounds like a pretty great strategy. You know what else is a really great strategy, you guys? What? Buying what? a shipping port. Huh? What? Like the thing that's going to bring my products on a boat? Is, oh, is that yeah. how I'm going to get my stuff now? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so if we've said it once, we have said it a thousand times, supply chains are hard. Yep. So in the next trend, we'll talk about how Canada's largest retailer has taken matters into its own hand and purchased a 25% stake in British Columbia's largest inland port. Wow, that is aggressive. Yes, I know. Well, hey, there are two big reasons for this. So number one, they're going to lower carbon emissions through a better distribution of volume. It also gives them the ability to stage more inventory in British Columbia versus moving it across the country. It makes sense. It's just, I mean, what a move. Totally. Right. So this investment comes as retailers struggle to improve supply chain processes brought on by the pandemic. Retailers like Canadian Tire, quote, had to aggressively chase inventory as well as container, shipping, and warehouse capacity. So simplifying the process will only help reduce pressure on all involved, like CG Partners. They're in the fight too, trying to optimize their processes to better serve their retail partners and just get products in the hands of customers when they want them. Oh my God, so much stuff to think about, right? So <laughs> there's a lot we just went through and that, my friends, is what they call the trend end or the end trend or the end of trends or <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying at this point, but you know what I mean. 
Listen, thank you all for breaking them down with me this week. And if you're wondering what we're showcasing in the rest of the What's What issue this time around, in Goodreads, you'll have a look at July retail sales, learn about how Crocs are positioning themselves to be around for a long time, how grocers are leaning into smaller formats, and how great the great outdoors has grown a lot more appealing. And now, before we bid you adieu, on to the thing that sparks joy. So Celeste, what's cooking this week? It's going to be cold soon. And I might be the only one looking forward to that. I don't know, but I'm excited for my fry boots. And uh, you know, what's most important on a cold work day, then a nice steaming hot mug of coffee that gets you through your morning meetings, afternoon meetings, and that pesky 545 meeting that Jerry just stuck on your calendar at the last minute. Way to go, Jerry. So now there is a chargeable connected Ember travel mug that lets users set an exact drink temperature and it can reportedly keep it right where you want it for up to three hours or all day when it's on the charging coaster. Ooh. Yeah. So you can even use the app to customize preset temps of your favorite drinks or get a no notification when your coffee is just right. <laughs> wow. I know. Yum. It's pretty crazy. It's a little steep. It's $175, which oh. is a, just a tad more than what I pay for most of my coffee mugs. <laughs> <laughs> or all of them combined. Right. Uh, but caffeine and a warm cup of joe provide sanity that truly is priceless in today's world. So are we right or are we right? Wrong. Oh, wait, for real? No, I'm just kidding. Actually, I totally want one. Um, maybe I'll be seeing sipping out of one or the next edition of the What's What after I save up enough money to actually pay for it. So, <laughs> Thank you all for your insights. Thank you all for joining us here on the What's What, and we will talk to you next week. Have a good one, everyone.